Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Monday night edition of the pod. I'm going to do a fun one here. Well, I guess it won't be so fun to actually go back and look at our predictions from last year, which were uh, not particularly accurate, and there's still a year out from happening too. But I wanted to take a look into uh, our apparently defective crystal balls and try to anticipate where the league will be as of 2020, two years or so from now. Last year, we did where we thought it would be in 2019 around this time. So what we're going to do, we're going to pick the who we think will be the final four just talk about who who will be there uh then talk about some of who the, maybe the worst teams will be and pick a champion finals mvp mvp all nba teams uh should be a, a fun ride here so danny why don't we start uh by talking about the western conference and who you see as some of the candidates to be in the final two teams in the western conference the 2020 western conference finals yeah so to clarify we're talking about the 2019 20 season so this would be the 2020 playoffs is two years from now so i think that the two most likely teams to be there are the two teams that are most likely to be there this year the warriors and the rockets both of those teams are incredibly good right now and yes for age-related reasons we could see both of those teams take step step back and their entire cores are not locked in but i think they're the top two there are a lot of other teams that have consideration and it doesn't even include necessarily the unpredictability of it you know team rising but so the other teams that I thought were worthy of consideration, San Antonio has Kawhi Leonard. If he gets back to being there, that would be the season after he becomes a free agent if he doesn't sign a designated veteran extension. But assuming he does, then they would still be quite good. The Utah Jazz, you know, if they can be healthy, they've already been good this year. They are on the positive side, generally yeah. speaking, of but the while, while we they have While we break off and talk about a few of those teams here, I mean, you, you mentioned Houston and Golden State. Sure. I had them as probably the top two candidates as well but certainly you know it's nowhere not as much of a slam dunk uh as golden state appeared to be i mean we've seen them kind of break down this year they've been taken easy i mean they look like they're pretty fatigued already i mean this has been now the fourth straight year of you know being in in finals contention uh so you're gonna have to rebuild around them get some more minimum guys you know david west will probably be out of the picture maybe jordan bell could be their starting center though they'll have to re-sign him at, at that point clay thompson they would have to re-sign him also draymond green you know could be on the downside I mean, what are the ages of those four main guys two years from now in golden state i think that's uh, interesting here for context so we're using basketball reference ages for this. That isn't necessarily what they'll be in the playoffs, but that season. Curry, 31 season. Durant, age 31 season. Clay Thompson, age 29 season. Draymond Green, age 29 season. Yeah, and so certainly any of those guys could age pretty well. I think KD, Curry, Clay, all guys with their shooting who might age a little bit better than normal. Uh, Draymond, I anticipate to age a little bit worse than normal. He's more reliant, I think, 
on quickness athleticism jumping ability as uh, an undersized power forward slash center you know can he continue to be an undersized center in the playoffs in their best lineups will they need someone else to play center uh you know can, can that be jordan bell and then obviously there's the chance that thompson could leave in 2019 chance that there could be some kind of a trade that takes place for them as well they're going to need to continue to fill in around those guys maybe a little bit better than they've done this season you have to imagine that Iguodala will still be under contract but you feel like he's not going to really be contributing at the level of the fifth guy maybe at that point they would move on from him or have to stretch him or something due to tax concerns and the tax is going to continue to be an issue for this team but I think I agree with you they're probably the most likely team to be there just because they have so many of these guys and it doesn't look like any of them are going anywhere but certainly possible that by the time these guys reach late 20s early 30s in the case of their two best guys that they may just not all be good enough or that they could be more likely to succumb to injury as we're starting to see this year a little bit it's also worth mentioning that the rockets you and i have talked about this a little bit at moments in time that they're older i think than some people think i mean so that will be harden's age 30 season he and curry were the same draft class but harden played fewer years in college than curry did and then other guys chris paul that will be his age 34 season we don't know if trevor reese is going to be back but that would be his age 34 season capella would be you know getting towards his prime age 25 gordon 31 bob mute if they resign him 33 nene 37 yeah and now part of this too it's interesting i mean clint capella what's his contract going to be they the rockets may be facing as bad or worse of a luxury tax bill than the warriors are going to uh tillman fertitta said that that he is willing to pay that uh you know, I think the Warriors have at least somewhat of a hard cap at some point. You know, we'll see how much, what kind of discounts people are willing to pay uh, or take there. Chris Paul could be a free agent too. It's possible he could leave. I mean, what if they just get upset in the second round or something? We're assuming that they're going to be awesome and that they'll get to this Western Conference Finals with the Warriors. Uh, but we could also see, you know, I mean, there's been talk that he, they could be on LeBron James's shortlist somehow or, or another, uh, that he could end up there in some fashion so a lot of more variability with this team than you think i mean really the only stalwart that we know is going to be there or, or as know as much as we can is Harden. And, and at age 30 i think you know he's someone who should probably age pretty well with his shooting with his strength uh so i would have houston at number two behind golden state i still would have golden state a little bit more likely i think they have more overall talent especially when you consider that you know with paul being age 34 that's a lot different than curry and durant being age 31 okay so i've named a couple of teams outside of them where would you go as the third most likely top two team Oof. well probably san antonio again just because Kawhi leonard is so good uh but they have a lot of variables as well the marcus will still be around then that'll be the last year of his contract for 26 million uh you mentioned how Kawhi is eligible for designated player but between him potentially leaving or him just not being quite the same guy with this quad tendinopathy uh you know i i'm not sure i want to count on them i actually think the fourth highest team is uh maybe the la lakers you know they, they and i toyed with them maybe even for third you know obviously for them to get to that point it would probably have to be either you know they get lebron and paul george together this year or maybe they get someone else in 2019 when they project to have plenty of space as well and that obviously would also 
require their young core to come around uh to at least be support pieces or maybe just be traded for more veteran help that could easily happen as well uh, i mean you're basically talking about kuzma and ball and ingram maybe randall but but uh you know depending on what happens this summer uh but this is just based on the fact that they ha- are going to have a ton of space and in one of these two years they presumably are going to use it on guys who can play uh even if it's not the absolute top superstars i, I fully expect that at the very least they will be a solid playoff team by 2019-20 use unless they just pull a mitch cup check with their cap space again a couple other teams that i think are worth considering and mentioning minnesota at that point carl anthony towns will be age 24 which again remarkable how young he is wiggins 24 30 he will be on his next contract at that point whether you know presumably that will be with minnesota we don't know that for sure they they're mentioning and then utah i i said them briefly earlier rudy gobert 27 donovan mitchell 23 they have cap flexibility probably in 2019 not 2018 and then you know they have young guys and the only person i'm particularly worried about aging out is ingles though Derek favors could obviously leave yeah and, and jake crowder will still be on the team he'll he'll be a little bit older as another one of these undersized guys but they're a team that their coaching is good you know they're going to maximize the talent that they have i mean really though if you're talking about making a final four donovan mitchell has got to just completely blow up and become really you know a top 20 player in the nba uh which you know is not impossible uh i think it's he, he could potentially get there uh, at this point um and then yeah where is the support players going to come from how are they going to use that cast i mean for the summer of 2019 as of now they've got gobert ingles alec burks and then everything else is rookie contracts they project to have 47 million on, in space for the summer of 2019 but some of that could easily be eaten up with what happens uh, this summer if they bring back favors if they you know there's a a lot of things that that could change their draft picks could eat into that a little bit so but they do have a lot of flexibility i mean one of the things that's going to be a theme here is there are a lot of teams with 2019 flexibility right now and how many of them affect that in the summer of 2018 is going to be a huge variable here uh minnesota i unless carl towns just becomes an awesome two-way player you have to wonder i mean because basically between wiggins butler towns and gorgie jen uh probably jeff teague will be on the team as well he has a player option for 19 million that he's probably going to pick up i would imagine in the summer of 2019 they are going to be in tax land and i'm not sure you know, maybe they could move jang at that point but he still has another year after that one he's playing 15 minutes a game for them right now so and we know what the center market is and then i you know i don't really trust tom thibodeau as the gm to do uh you know to get them into more of a modern style so it really would take carl towns and maybe wiggins as well becoming great players and then jimmy butler has to hold on to what he is but i just you know i'm not sure that that is a core that i think could be good enough to be a final four team it's just are they going to get enough support pieces around them and they don't really have the resources to do so at this point um you know they've got draft picks the next two years but those guys probably won't be contributing as of yet and if uh the justin Patton pick so far as any indication they're not exactly drafting for need at this point and the argument you just made with minnesota sounds very similar to the one that could be made about new orleans except that there's additional roster uncertainty there davis that'll be his age 26 season cousins if he resigns that'll 
it'll be his age 29 season, but they still have a lot to figure out. Drew Holiday will, of course, be under contract because he has a bunch more years, but they have a lot to figure out. And who knows? I mean, Davis, that will be his last year under contract, assuming he declines his player option. And if he does not sign the designated veteran extension, so that could be a year he gets traded. There are a lot of other complications there. So certainly worth mentioning because of their ceiling with those two guys and Drew Holiday, but the risk there puts them below everybody else I think that we've already mentioned. Yeah, considering that I believe there's probably a 50% chance that Anthony Davis is not even on the Pelicans for the 2019-20 season, uh, maybe even more than that, uh, and that Cousins, you know, coming off the torn Achilles, yeah, they're probably going to retain him, it sounds like, but uh, I don't expect him to be you know, in the top echelon of centers anymore at that point, and they're going to be paying him a ton, and Drew Holiday will be on the downswing there as well, so difficult for me to imagine. I, I mean, we've been saying the whole reason I think Davis is going to be gone is because I don't see a path for them being really you know a a contender in the west and so i'm not gonna deviate from that stance now uh denver is an interesting one uh hard to see you know i don't really see nikola Jokic as someone who can get a lot better defensively and that's a problem you know jamal murray has limited tools there but you know they're gonna have basically you know they don't have much flexibility this year they're looking at the tax but it's really only one year that they got problems and then they got a bunch of guys coming off the books chandler arthur farid and for 2019 right now all they have in their contract is is Plumley 14 million Jamal Murray Gary Harris and then rookie contracts and, and Jokic obviously so even if Jokic is making the max around 25 million which I expect him to be at that point they could have as much as 30 million in space to work with uh and you've got that nice core that they could maybe add to we'll see if they're viewed as a destination at that point but there are there are going to be some teams that are pretty decent Utah we mentioned is another one the Lakers could be also uh that would potentially have space and for san antonio we we kind of glossed over them a little bit talking about Kawhi. they don't have a ton of flexibility in the summer of 2019 now if Kawhi especially gets that designated player veteran extension you know they're not really looking at a ton of flexibility uh, unless they were to maybe move on uh, from lamarcus uh, at that point and you know I, i'm also i'm a little down on their gming lately you know i'm not sure that they are gonna are quite with it in terms of getting enough spacing uh playing more of a modern style maybe that'll change if Kawhi comes back and we'll see some lineups that have some more spacing but they really are still focusing on these very uh shooting challenged lineups uh, these days so I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm a believer that they're going to be able to put the pieces around Kawhi as much but I just because he's so good I still would have them as my number three with maybe the Lakers uh, as four but they've got that Lakers team of course has a lot of upside one other quick thing I want to mention is that none of the teams at the absolute bottom of the West, I don't think they can pivot that yeah. quickly to because we're talking top two. I think a lot of those teams could be in the playoff mix. Some of them may actually make it by that point. But to get to that level needs young players to deliver really quickly. You know, even if, let's say, Phoenix gets the number one pick and whoever they draft ends up being very good, it's still going to take them a couple of years to, to get to that level. I mean, the LeBron or Chris Paul type rookies don't come along very often. And so I I, I never predict that for anybody. So those four, the Kings, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, and the Suns, the Grizzlies probably have the most variance just because they have Gasol and Conley, but those guys weren't enough to propel Memphis to a top two standing, and they're going to be substantially older then than they are now. Yeah, I don't necessarily see it for Dallas either. Uh, you know, I'm not sure who the free agent is who's going to go there that's going to put them over the top. They'll get another nice pick this year, but especially uh, all these teams that have rookie point guards, young point guards, You know, it, it takes those guys a long time 
kind of develop generally you know dennis smith lonzo ball those those type of guys the two the three that we haven't really mentioned at all okc and portland i mean those are what the three and four seeds right now in the west uh, perhaps their fans are a little aghast that we don't really see them as potential contenders but i think you know the damian lillard right now this is age 28 so he'll be or you just i think he might have just turned 28 so that'll be 29 for him russell westbrook age 31 season so i don't think they'll be quite as good as they are this year especially russ has taken a step back this year i expect him to maybe face a little bit steeper of a decline than some of his better shooting point guard brethren and then you know they will have carmelo coming off the books in the summer of 2019 but this assumes number one that they even get paul george to return uh and if they don't i mean i'm not really sure you know they could have like 20 million or so in 2019 space but they've still got steven adams making 25 million westbrook making 38 and that's before they even resign paul george Melo will be off the books then but it's i don't really see how they add to their team at this point although we certainly said that last year and sam presti did pull paul george out of his hat but uh you know i wouldn't count on that happening every year portland faces a similarly challenging road to improve they did a great job to get underneath the tax this year but that doesn't buy them a ton of team building flexibility moving forward we don't know what they're going to do with yusuf nurkic that will also be the age 28 year for cj mccollum he's a little bit older because of the years he spent at lehigh and they don't have much flexibility 1920 evan turner myers leonard are still on the books al Aminu will have been a free agent so it'll take zach collins making a step in all likelihood it will take figuring out something on the forward line and i absolutely expect that if they keep damon cj that they will be a playoff team but top two is a completely different threshold i will talk about uh, the rest of the league the east a lot of interesting stuff here to come but first this from our friends at movement watches I actually just recommended one to my buddy Brett, who's a, a watch guy. He was really impressed. He said he'd been wanting one for a while. He used the mvmt.com slash cap space URL. Uh, but it's not about the watches this time, actually, uh, for movement. It's about the sunglasses. I have bought plenty of $10 pairs of sunglasses. Those look awful. I've bought $200 pairs of sunglasses and felt like, you know what? I didn't really get my money's worth. I, I got ripped off. And so movement is taking their approach to watches and applying it to sunglasses they aren't just plastic sunglasses they're acetate sunglasses and there's a lot of styles to choose from i really enjoy their aviators that's the, the ones that i have there are you can get them polarized as well for much less expensive than you normally are going to get polarized sunglasses and you can get them for men or for women all starting at just 70 dollars you know the same thing that i always tell you to do for movement watches go to movement.com slash capspace and just check Check out all of the sunglasses. I think you'll be very impressed with the quality that they have there. And finding the perfect pair at that movement.com slash capspace URL is risk-free. They got free shipping and they also have free returns. So sometimes you really just need to look at how they are on your face. Now you have the chance to do that for free. So what do you get started with them? Again, get 15% off today, free shipping and free returns. Go to that movement.com, mvmt.com slash capspace URL. Easy to remember, we've been talking about 2019 cap space quite a bit on this program movement.com mvmt.com slash cap space is that url let them know that you came from us so the eastern conference i had three teams that i felt like were really in contention for this spot and one was cleveland 
if perhaps LeBron sticks around, if perhaps they trade that Brooklyn pick. One was Philly. Uh, they have a lot of variables, obviously, with what happens with Markel Fultz, what happens with this year's cap space, where they should be able to create close to, if not for certain, max space. And then Toronto, who has so many young guys, even though Lowry will be on the downside, DeRozan will be slightly on the downside. I still think that they ha- have so many of these young guys that at least in the regular season, they should be able to be very good. We'll see what they look like in the playoffs this year. Is there anyone that you would add to that list that you think of as a serious contender to be in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020? The three you mentioned, you said Cleveland, Philly, and and Toronto? Yes. Yeah, you missed my number Milwaukee? one. Milwaukee? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant Boston. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have it. I even have that in my notes. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, it's. I, I knew I had three, and I was like, Cleveland? That doesn't sound like that's great. Yeah, so those are the top three. Boston, Boston, Philly, and Toronto are probably the, the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are, my, those are my top three. And Boston, not only do they have under contract Kyrie. Well, so Kyrie could be a free agent at that point, but there have been little inklings that he, that he will stay. We'll have to see with that. But Gordon Hayward is under contract. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are under contract, Al Horford's under contract, and the elephant in their corner, as opposed to the Sixers, who were that was the real jostling for me, is the draft assets that Boston still has remaining. They have, in all likelihood, it sounds like they're going to have the 2019 Sacramento unprotected first, or sorry, top one protected pick. Philly gets it if it's number one. They also might get Memphis's pick in 2019. And that's not necessarily, those things are not necessarily relevant in terms of their 2019-20 team in terms of top four or top two in the east but it's extremely valuable if in terms of trading for an established player like one anthony yeah davis uh, boston still seems like the most likely ad destination just to correct you uh on horford he does have a player option for 30 million that year i assume that he will pick that up uh, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i mean he could be one of these ones where like he really likes it there and maybe he opts out and uh gets in for a longer period or something you, you never know what could happen there but uh uh, or maybe he gets traded away for Anthony Davis as salary plots. I mean, you know, that that seems he's probably the most likely guy there. We'll see how much they can get together as far as like the human trade exception this year, but uh, or, or this offseason, I should say. Yeah, so I, I think I would probably have, you know, because I think Toronto probably to me has the most certainty of any of these teams. You know, I mean, they've got all their, their main guys under contract. I mean, maybe Fred Van Vliet, DeLon Wright could, could be out. You know, they're, they're going to need some backup point guard and they are going to be abutting against the tax most likely uh but the, they should still have most of their guys that, who are young available maybe norman powell will be a trade casualty uh but you know i certainly trust them to put together a nice young bench uh, as they've continued to do here uh but sorry right, give me your uh your number one and two then we got to pick a, a top two Boston's my number yeah. one. They are incredibly talented right now. They have shown and they've managed talent. Let me well. ask you I this about Boston. Good job there, and then they have. Let, a ton yeah, of let me ask you this about Boston. Let's say they don't. You know, they just use those draft picks. They don't make a trade. Do you think that they would you still favor them to be in the top two just based on the development of like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and maybe like a Rozier or something like that? Or is your idea based on? Uh, being able to make a trade not at all they they don't have to make a trade Kyrie Irving and assuming he stays Gordon Hayward I mean Gordon Hayward all NBA type talent that will be his age 29 season we don't know what he's going to be after injury but I mean that's that's an incredibly deep group I think Brad Stevens is a great coach now I am separating this out when I think of top two I will admit that I'm focusing in my head more on the regular season than the playoffs and I you know and and so there there are arguments and we will see this a lot better in April that the Sixers you know if this works 
a really good playoff team. But if it doesn't, with their spe- the severity of their weaknesses, it could go either way. And so with Boston, I think that's an advantage. And the the Raptors, my concern with their with their key players right now, I, I agree that their depth is going to be strong and that will help make them a good regular season team, is that I would expect DeRozan, Lowry, and Ibaka to all be worse at that point than they have been this season. That will be Lowry's age 33 season, DeRozan's age 30 season, and Ibaka's age 30 season. I'm not super confident that Ibaka's going to age well. DeRozan, it depends. And then Lowry, I mean, he'll be 33 at that point. That He could slow down. If he slows down half a step, that's going to hurt him a little bit. And they will be a very good team. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they were a top two seed. But I just don't see the that upside of like a 60, 60 to 65 win team, like really beyond what they've been this year. That part of it, to me, puts them at third. But I, I, I mean, it's one, two, three. They could easily be in that mix. We haven't mentioned Milwaukee at all. And I think Milwaukee is probably a decent bet to have the best player in the conference at that time they do have some uncertainty even with keeping this current team together of course uh, because chris middleton could uh, has a player option for that season which uh, he probably will opt out of eric bledsoe his contract expires both of those guys could maybe get extensions uh jabari parker is a restricted free agent has some injury concerns you know uh, even malcolm brogdon is a restricted free agent in the summer of 2019 so really the only guys that they have that we know for sure are going to be around at that point uh, are Tony Snell, Matthew Dellavedova, Thon Maker, who's disappointed, DJ Wilson, and then uh, Giannis, although there are some guys that are restricted that presumably well, will come back. You didn't mention John Henson. Well, I, th- I presume he'll be John stretched Henson, by then. That's why I said he wasn't, or, or traded away for, for tax concerns. <laughs> That's entirely possible. And, and the tax concerns are a very important point to make here with them because Middleton, so and Jabari, assuming they are back on this team, will all be making more money then Giannis that that year about 26 million so I don't know how Bucks ownership is going to feel about potentially paying the lecture tax they're going to be right on that and that could also be dictated to a degree by how they play next year in the 2018-19 season if they are a top three or maybe even a top two team next year it gets a lot easier to build your team around the idea that okay we're going to pay the tax for that season and that's when those raises would largely kick in so there's certainly in consideration here that will be the age 25 season for Giannis think about how good he is right now i mean he's he's going to finish in the top five in mvp and generally speaking players as good as he has been at the age he is now get better so we'll see what that actually is so yeah, I mean he can be he can be the key to uh, it. I've and... got something for you though. Uh, this is not what Bucks okay. fans are going to want to hear. He might not even be on the team in the 2020 playoff. They could be forced to trade him by the trade deadline in 20 in 2020. He'll only have one year left under contract after that. The Darren Williams hypothetical well, not, sort of yeah in the yeah. New I mean, it's like if you have to trade him now, maybe it wouldn't be until that off season. But we've seen that when guys only have one year left on their contract, you don't really get the maximum value for them. I mean, if they disappoint during that i mean there's no way they would trade him with two years left on his deal i think they're just they they wouldn't consider that after next year uh no matter how bad they are but if they're just like not any closer and he says hey you know what like we're clearly not winning here the other reason i'm skeptical about them too outside of that of them really getting to this type of level we're talking about is the ownership situation has proved pretty toxic of late much of course depends on what kind of a coach they get too you know i mean if if they can get uh, you know we thought that prunty was an upgrade that hasn't really been borne out 
in their results since then uh but if they can get a coach who's really at the top of the market and i mean because this on talent i mean even if you look at the guys that they have right now it's not a great fit for a lot of them and, and getting a center is the easiest position to fill you know so either maker will improve or they'll probably get somebody else so maybe you know just a coaching upgrade could get them right into this conversation but i, I think there's just too many hoops they have to jump through at this point for me to say that you know i, I would be putting them in the same category as philly who remember is already better than them and has more young talent that's coming up the pipeline um and then even cleveland you know i think if lebron comes back and they have that brooklyn pick you know maybe they can make something out of it although at some point lebron has to slow down he'll be 35 by this point well and and also with cleveland that's lebron re-upping for the long term because him being on the team in 2018-19 that could be opting out and signing a one plus one as the rest of this sorts it out because it's such a constricted market in 2018 but if he's on the team in 1920 that means he's going to be a calf basically for the rest of his career and that's a different commitment for for the Cavs and for him and I don't know where he's going to be but I think that's a different thing than saying he'll be on their team next year the other teams I want to mention briefly Milwaukee sorry we already did Milwaukee Indiana at that point Victor Oladipo biggest rising star this year that'll be his age 27 season Miles Turner that will be his age 23 season super young they have flexibility in terms of the cap they can go in a lot of different directions if they want to keep everything together for next year then they would have a bunch of cap space in 2019 so they would have that team for 2020 i think that they'll probably be below top two even in some of the rosier scenarios there but they have some upside so i think we should talk about that. No, i think so maybe oladipo could take another small step forward although i think if he can just consolidate his gains from this year or next season that would be uh quite good and turner i think you know we talked about what a weapon he's becoming offensively uh you know is he going to be able to deal defensively at the highest levels in the playoffs and then you know what kind of support guys are they going to get i mean you don't see them getting another superstar in free agency they're not going to get a high pick which we thought they would of course at the start of the year so yeah i i do think they're kind of more middle of the road type of playoff team but maybe oladipo and turner could could really blow up and some of these other teams could disappoint uh washington uh, another one that just seems to not beal and porter are young you know i don't believe porter is that much upside to explore i think beal is relatively close to where he's going to be and then the bigger problem is wall especially with his injuries could be on the downside and they have less than zero cap flexibility between now and then and they have guys that are pre-prime but i don't think they're very far pre-prime so that will be age 26 for beal and porter they could be a little better not a ton and then by that point maybe marcin gortat they move on from him they're still going to be paying yamihimi unless they've foisted him on someone else so that'll be a challenge and they have been good this year but you think about the level of those top teams especially the top three the expectation has to be how likely is it that this team wins 55 plus and i could absolutely see the wizards being a 45 to 55 win team but pushing beyond that is going to take some real production from both the guys that are the core of their team right now and support players including building a more reliable bench also noteworthy last year we were talking about maybe philly being in the in this category uh and that's looking prescient i don't see anybody in the non-playoff teams in the east that have even a sliver of a chance of getting into this conversation and you know things can always change you know but that's our best guess right now i mean i don't see any of those teams with any kind of upward mobility over the next couple of years the best possibility for me would be the knicks if porzingis went supernova but i don't expect that especially now with the ac and they don't have any first full season cap space to add around him anyway uh they could do a little something in 2019 yeah. but they would have to manage it extremely well and be judicious this year and there isn't exactly much of a precedent there though yeah. they do have new management i mean thankfully. the bulls will have some space i mean maybe if one of these teams gets the number one pick and that 
guy blows up and then they still have cap space in the summer of 2019 and so they're able to get somebody good and maybe they could get into it but it's it would take quite a run of, of luck i think for, for any of these teams that are just pretty darn downtrodden right now i mean among the non-playoff teams in the east i think we talked about this you know who is the best player on those non-playoff teams in the east right now like maybe porzingis is the only guy that you could look at um, and blake griffin of course is on the downside but porzingis is the only guy you could look at who really has to me right now a reasonable chance of being a top 20 type of player and obviously there's always surprises uh but you know if we're gonna rank who will be the top 20 players two years from now i don't think there's anyone any of those teams except maybe porzingis and that's if he recovers you and i both really like lowry marketing but i i just don't see it at this yeah. point that would be a big big jump for him and yeah, it could happen yeah i think the best chance... he might have the highest upside sure. of any of the guys on those teams now yeah and i think a lot of these t- bottom teams in the east will be figuring it out at that point orlando could be brooklyn they'll finally be getting out of the woods at that point and so we could be optimistic about a lot of these teams but again the test here is top two the test is not making the playoffs are looking good so this will be a good chance let's go back and look at what we said last year i mean so last year when we were and we were talking we were predicting for 2019 my top two in the west was golden state and san antonio and then i had houston just below them um i noted in houston that they could make about 20 million in space for the summer of 2017 and they uh getting chris paul was beyond anything that we thought they might be able to accomplish uh and then utah was kind of up there in the rankings but we were like oh if they lose gordon hayward they're sunk but we didn't anticipate that they were going to get this awesome rookie with pick number 13 uh and even trade up for number 13 so that was uh we didn't anticipate that that was going to happen at all um we did correctly foresee the declines in memphis and the clippers uh you know i think we both had them being out of the playoffs by 2019 that's probably you know looking like it's on path the clippers maybe will be a lower rung seed um and then what did you were you pretty much in line with that in the west last year I was a little lower on the Spurs than you were. I had the Jazz second, and then I had Minnesota, then Houston and Spurs. I think I was soured on them because of those POW, I think, was a part of that and just the way that they invested in their space yeah well, we, well part remember of, with minnesota part of the reason i was so high on the spurs was we thought that they could have 72 million dollars in cap space in the summer of 2018 to build around Kawhi when nobody was going to have space and then they went and signed gasol and they signed aldridge uh you know we thought that green and aldridge might opt out at that point uh so they basically have used up all that space it, it looked much brighter for them at this time last year especially when they're on track for another 60 win season around Kawhi, who was an mvp candidate and just to give a sense of how different the league is now i had minnesota third and they didn't have jimmy butler then the trade hadn't happened this point last year and it was towns and wiggins and that that's sort of an approach yeah. i've soured substantially on wiggins since then yeah but for, well, we thought for, for minnesota i mean remember where they started this last summer they started it i know they got butler and that used up a bunch of their space but they're starting the, with like 40 million dollars in cap space so we figured they had to get better um and and Wiggins I think it's disappointing in his development since then although he is playing slightly better lately I think Towns you know is disappointed defensively in his development since then so you know I, I think they're they seem to have the track seems to have narrowed for them a little bit more um and you know that now especially that they have Butler they've got all these tax concerns they've gone from having a ton of flexibility um and also we didn't know that Wiggins was going to be on a max extension already necessarily either uh what about in the east 
I had Boston number one. I feel pretty good about that. I had Cleveland number two on the logic that Kyrie and Love were still under contract. Well, one of those two still there. And I noted, I, I'm I'm happy that I had this note in there that it would be very hard for Cleveland to get better. That ended up, I mean, it, it went in a way that, that none of us expected at that time. But that same, pres- that, that I think that was part of what led to the Kyrie trade happening. Then after that, I went Milwaukee, Giannis-based, Philly, Washington. And my biggest mistake was selling short on Toronto, which I might be doing again by having them third but i think that third is a whole heck of a lot better than presumably they were seventh on my list yeah i mean we didn't first of all they had a bunch of free agents coming up Uh, they did re-sign lowry and abaca and then what their young guys been able to do derozan taking another step this year as well which wasn't necessarily anticipated so uh yeah i mean it's interesting that a team that we thought was too old we actually now are rosier on for 2020 than we predicted for them in 2019 a a year ago so that's that's kind of interesting um Let's talk about who the worst teams in the NBA will be now. Uh, I have, there are a lot of candidates here, uh, so we should probably just go through them. Um, Last year, interestingly enough, we thought that Brooklyn and Sacramento would be the two worst in 2019, that neither of them looks to be on much of a path to being any good, although I I would say there are probably a few teams now that for 2019 I would put below them. Um, But what do you think for this year? Who who are some of the candidates for you? So for the 2019-20 season, a lot of the teams there at the bottom now i don't think they're going to have the ability to turn around so like sacramento i i like some of the guys that they have now better than before like bodanovich has had a nice year darren fox you know i would say it's what what i expect but they don't have a ton of flexibility they're still paying zebo and all these guys for 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 the 18 season they have a little bit of flexibility and then they also haven't done proven that they can spend money well so sacramento is is in the conversation yeah i, Phoenix, I think their young guys feel- will i mean they're already not the worst record this year though they're close to the worst net rating so i think their young guys will improve just enough and they'll still get it i mean they're still going to be trying to win so they'll get some vets in there enough to that that i don't see them being bottom two by 2020 but i, I mean I, I certainly don't see them in the playoffs necessarily but i don't see them being bottom two. yeah i don't i don't have them in my bottom two yeah. either okay actually I, I just want i thought that would be a good place to start oh no i do have them in my bottom two. <laughs> um for for, for 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 a yeah that's interesting i i thought i thought i was looking at my 2019 list but that was i am looking at my 2020 list and i think one of the most interesting places because yeah a lot of the teams that are bad right now we expect to be bad or just 2019 20 being an inflection point for a couple of these franchises and the yeah. team that i have i the team that i have in seriously in this mix is and i have them as the my prediction right now for the worst team in 2019 20 the charlotte hornets yep because, they're in my bottom two as well because kemba walker will be a free agent that year and he could certainly resign they could make a mistake and just pay him too much money and he you know he seems happy there all they say he acted like he didn't want to be traded this year and considering what happened that that could end up being what transpires but they also just aren't very good and unless Malik Monk or some other young guy I'm not thinking of like the draft pick this year really delivers it's going to be hard for them to get a lot better so if you think their ceiling is you know maybe fringe playoff team and their floor is really really low then it would be hard for Kemba to stay there other than for money and comfort and if he leaves they don't have anybody who can carry the team they have support players but I also think that they would lean into it and just kind of grin and bear it probably for a lot of those guys in the last year of their contract move the guys they can move and just 
turtle under and get a good draft pick and build the next team yeah i mean probably the only reason they wouldn't be there by that point is you know just because they try to still be good and they try to sign some other people and they're perpetually chasing the eighth seed so maybe they'll get to 33 wins or something but i mean we've talked about their future as being one of the bleakest in the nba you mentioned the inflection point two other potential candidates here uh new orleans could be awful if anthony davis leaves now maybe maybe they do one of these trades like the original cp3 trade was supposed to be uh where they don't go for young guys they just get you know three three quarters for the dollar that is anthony davis uh but if he leaves you have to imagine they'll be pretty bad even if they bring back demarcus you know we haven't seen demarcus exactly exactly have the ability to carry a, a bad team on his own uh and who knows what his health situation will be um and then cleveland obviously if lebron leaves cleveland you know they could be a complete disaster and cleveland doesn't have a ton of flexibility they'll just have a a bunch of money on their books so that might be the year you know 2020 might be if LeBron left the year that they finally can really turn it around because that's the year Love, Tristan Thompson, depending on what they end up doing with JR, like those kind of guys expire. So I could see them using that year to build the asset base to, to get better moving forward. And outside of that, I think it's really just kind of the, oh, the other team that could fall off because of that sort of thing, though I don't anticipate it, is the Clippers yeah. because they just, so that will be the last year that Gallinari's contract runs. A lot of their other guys will have expired by then. Austin Rivers, not that he's essential for all of this and if deandre jordan leaves or just seriously regresses due to age slash athleticism decline that'll be an issue so outside of that though it's i think it's really just teams that aren't good now that haven't figured it out yet. yeah well i think the clippers i considered them but i thought you know they have so much space in 2019 and i think they're gonna try and like get some players you know all they have for that season right now is gallo and lou williams basically on the team um but I think that they will do enough in free agency, whether it's re-signing Tobias Harris, whether it's you know just finding some some pieces who want to come there. I mean, we are talking about a lot of teams that have 2019 space, uh, but we'll see what ends up happening with that, as I mentioned, in the summer 2018 to impact that. Um, my other candidate for bottom two was Memphis. I think that they just don't really have a path to get much better. Gasol has not been able to elevate them at all this year. Mike Conley, who knows what kind of shape he's in, when he comes back, I mean, those guys are going to be, what, like 31 and 34 at that point. They could well be traded off the team. They also have a pick that's top eight protected that they owe to the Celtics that they're probably going to want to keep. Uh, so that's a big part of this as well. And I think that some of the other teams that are bad and have young guys, that they at least have a path to the young guys getting better, whereas Memphis just doesn't really even have any prospects on the team right now, and neither does Charlotte. So that's why I think, you know, if maybe neither of those teams will be the absolute worst, but I think they're the safest bets to be just kind of hopeless non-playoff teams as of that time memphis because Conley, gasol and parsons for that 2019-20 season will be making a combined 83 million dollars oh it's going to be brutally hard for them to get better other than through draft picks yeah. and you know this year we talked about this on the on the 15 and 60 yesterday they're basically only going to have the middle level exception in their draft picks and that same story will probably be true to some degree at that point and so we don't really believe in their young talent they're seriously in this mix 
I just think Conley and Gasol, if they actually are healthy enough to try that year, they're good enough to carry a team far beyond that. But all it would take is one small thing, like what happened this year with Conley being out. Like one of those two guys being hurt is more than enough. Well, and I'm not even sure that I expect Gasol to be a positive player by that point that he's going to be to play that many. He also could actually opt out that season as well, though at 26 million. You know, I I don't think we need to get the voice quite ready for that one, but uh, because maybe he might just opt out and want to go somewhere where he feels like he has a better chance of winning. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if he opted out, but um, and then some of the other, I think Atlanta probably has the least young talent of any of these other teams that are really bad right now. Other than Memphis, yeah, yeah. I I had them third on my list. Yeah, and Brooklyn, you know, they don't have a ton of upside. Uh, you know, they'll finally get their pick in 2019. We picked them. Part of the reasons we picked them as one of the two worst teams, or at least I did, for next year is because next year they actually will have their pick uh for the first time in forever, and so they probably will want to actually emphasize the tank but we could also see that you know with the new tanking rules we won't see as much of a race to the absolute bottom by some of these teams so it's maybe a little harder to predict um what also atkinson looks to be a good coach they they still haven't performed a ton but i think he i think they're doing a lot of things right they're just not good enough so yeah i I believe in their organization more than some of these others and and phoenix orlando i mean they have enough young guys that you would hope that they could at least get to semi-competence where they're not just like scraping the bottom of the league uh this way same thing with dallas you know who i think again is another better organization that you don't see being at the absolute bottom here but there's a a lot more variability i think in in this than there was last year when uh you know i thought brooklyn and sacramento were pretty clear choices to be the two worst teams in 2019 at least as of that point um and i'm not really sure indiana was a little bit in that discussion for me if they lost paul george but obviously getting oladipo you know they're not in that discussion anymore um and, and we did actually predict that atlanta would be pretty bad in 2019 uh which they appear quite on path to do i will talk uh a championship prediction and get to where we see some of the players right after this at this moment ncaa march madness has gripped at the nation all kinds of assets we saw a 16 beat a one for the first time ever even i watched that one and just like these teams that thought they're going to be playing a number one and now they're playing a 16 you have to be ready for whatever the next round brings as well make sure your fridge isn't empty by halftime swing by walmart before every round and stock up on coca-cola coke zero sugar and powerade i'm a big powerade zero fan just drank a lot of those when we went up to uh the mountains last weekend got to stay hydrated Coca-Cola is the official fan refreshment of the NCAA. Be ready to watch all the games by picking up Coca-Cola and Powerade all tourney long. The tournament isn't just one game, it's a whole tournament. So make sure that you're ready. Refresh every round by heading to Walmart to pick up Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade, or my favorite, Powerade Zero. All right, who is your predicted 2020 NBA champion, Danny? The Warriors at this point yeah. i mean they they still have a, a ludicrous amount of talent having an average age of 30 for their four best players i think that's still enough to carry it and at this point there are a lot of other teams that could be rising powers i mean if two max players go to la for example or join forces in some other way that certainly could happen but the uncertainty with all of that at this point is outpaced by the warriors actually being really good and houston is they should be more concerned about age related regression than the warriors because 
because Chris Paul is is older than all those guys, and because their support players are just it's it's hard to find guys that are so perfect for what they do. And if those guys age out, PJ Tucker's already under contract for that point. It will be brutally hard to replace them. Yeah, uh, although you know certainly it is a an organization that has thrived on finding guys at the minimum. But I I, I feel much less certain about Golden State 2020 than I did about Golden State being the favorite in 2019. And even then in 2019, I felt you know some trepidation about picking them. I always felt like next year would be the first year that they wouldn't necessarily be massive favorites coming into the season. We'll see what ends up happening in these playoffs. If they end up cruising the way they did last year, I don't expect that. But if they do end up doing that, then maybe we'll feel that they're as powerful as, as they ever were. But two years from now, you know, if I had to say, hey, what percent chance is there that Golden State wins a championship two years from now? You know, I'd say like one third chance, one in four chance, something like that. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of variability. We don't know where LeBron is going to end up. Some of these young stars could come into their own. Those guys could age out in Golden State. There could be injuries as they get older. It's definitely the further you get away in time, especially when you're getting guys into their early 30s, they may just, you know, we maybe Steph, if Steph and KD aren't top 10 players in the NBA anymore, you know, it becomes a lot more difficult to think of Golden State as uh, that type of team. But yeah, I picked them anyway. Last time I picked, <laughs> yeah, last time I picked Durant as the 2019 Finals MVP, I'm going to pick him as 2020. I I bounce, but he he's just value as a scorer and defensive player. The narrative is is easy for him, and there are so many talented small forwards in the league. You can imagine him looking good in that series. I would say the most interesting single question in this entire thing for me was MVP for the 2019-20 season because the age-related progressions of these guys is getting a lot more interesting i'm pretty proud of myself that i picked harden for 18 19 because i think that's looking yeah. pretty good and i i was not expecting to end up in this direction but on the logic that to me in the modern era an mvp pretty much has to be a top five offensive player i'm still going with harden i'm gonna go with harden for 1920 that's i think when he's gonna that's gonna be the fall off year but i haven't picked the other guy yet it's kind of like your argument with the warriors where the odds of this are lower but without knowing who the other person is those odds are distributed through like seven guys and i can't can't pick any single one of them yeah last year i i thought it would be Kawhi uh for 2019 again with the things have gone absolutely as poorly for him as they possibly could since then you know starting with that ankle injury back in the conference finals and then uh the fact that he's barely played this year and the rumors of his discontent and then also just all these other weird moves that the spurs have made to lock into this team with the, all these old bigs i had Giannis number one at, at 25 it, it's interesting to note that he's really the only young wing you know three man four man uh, face the basket type of forward who's really on his way up right now and i do believe that those are still the most valuable types of players now i i am a little bit inconsistent because i'm not saying that milwaukee is going to be that good uh but there certainly is a scenario in which they could be harden was my number two uh i mean as as long as he's there the rockets are going to run every single thing through him and so and they're always going to space the floor so he's always going to be in the best possible system uh we'll see if they start just limiting his minutes a little bit how much they're in contention um number three for me was ad um and four was Kawhi. i still think that if Kawhi had just had the same season again this year that he had last year he would have been my pick for number one but uh you know he'll be 28 then and just i i can't fully believe in him to be the best player in the league until we see how he comes back from this and and where in fact he's even going to be playing his basketball in the 2019-20 season but i thought those were a pretty clear top four to me of the guys and who knows where ad is going to be maybe he'll be on the celtics uh, by that point point too i mean it is it, 
and keep in mind too this is us saying who we think is going to deserve it so like that's why the whole milwaukee not not being as good or maybe new orleans not being as good isn't as big of a, a roadblock for me if we're going to predict who we think will win it as opposed to who we think we deserve it that's a, a different question and a, a less interesting one to me let's go to all nba center forward guard is the distinction that is the distinction we will make at the center position i think the key guys worth talking about joel Embiid, age 25 season carl anthony towns 24 go bear 27 Jokic 24 and Davis depending on how you want to classify him age 26 I mean he'll be an absolute monster at that point just like he is right now yeah I I had him probably playing as a center certainly if he goes to Boston that's probably what's going to happen or maybe they'll just call Al Horford the center or they'll start Aaron Baines or you know whoever the Baines equivalent that year is at center for a little bit but in my mind he'll be a center again these are our picks um I had him at number one as you mentioned he'd he'd be 26 and Bede uh number two at 25 you can stay healthy uh towns number three he'd still only be 24th gobert most likely to break into that at, at 27 um Jokic to me especially given how good the center group is right now with his defensive limitations I'm not sure he's ever going to break into that top for me uh, even though he'll continue to be a very good player and then Kristaps Porzingis I think maybe off this ACL tear if he loses more mobility we'll be talking about him more uh, as a center as well so he could maybe be on uh, this list I mean worth noting that Porzingis you know I had him at number three on the top prospects list and then the fact that he tore the ACL has had more durability concerns we do that list every year in December when he's had his awesome two months and then he starts declining so i'm obviously much lower on him now than i was uh, back when we did that list also porzingis shifting to center i think that will help him offensively it'll be different we've both been impressed with how he's been able to adjust offensively to playing smaller competition to using the size advantage rather than the quickness one but his ability i mean looking at what miles turner has done this year to pick and pop and porzingis has a better jump shot than miles turner does with the right coach or even a solid coach for what they want to do and by that point their personnel should be much better suited to what Porzingis is doing because they had these whole misadventures not building the team right they might not be perfect but I think they'll be better than he certainly deserves consideration I counted Towns as a forward so my top three was Embiid then Towns then Gobert wait Towns is a forward really wonderful no no those are my centers and no I'm sorry AD Ah, Um, Embiid Towns Gobert and then yeah Porzingis would be in there but I you know if if Anthony Davis were on this list I would have him number one yep uh now people might be asking about oh hey you know what about like guys who aren't in the nba yet i mean the players to make an all nba team in their second year i mean there are not many of those guys or or and not even their second year but you know in the one and done era when we're talking about guys who are 20 21 years old making an all nba team that's uh that's a tough ask i I would say you know al horford and lamarcus aldridge who are in consideration now they'll be 33 and 34 so they'll probably drop out of it cousins at 29 we don't know how he's going to come back from the achilles and you know he was on the fringes of this anyway for me and Andre Drummond I just don't think has the upside to quite get into all NBA conversation even though he incredibly will still only be 26 at that point let's move on to the forwards here the question is age versus aging versus development Giannis is number one on my list I mean I think he has a serious MVP candidacy at that point I had him behind Harden but still could be there age 25 I had Kawhi second age 28 season for him and then I had Davis third which gave me heartburn where I had Davis as like the fourth best 
player in the league, oh, but on the second team because I counted him. I didn't like that, but hey, I'm going to follow my own rules. You know how rigid I am. So I'm going to do that. And then my other second team guy, I had some real struggles with this. Ended up going with Kevin Durant, age 31 year. Rather than Still LeBron. Still be a phenomenal score. Rather than LeBron, age 35. I moved him to the third team. And I, the thing I want to see with you, because so you had, so you have more spots here because you had Davis as a center. Where were you going with those extra ones? So LeBron versus Durant and those kind of guys is one question but then after that where did you go yeah so my second team was durant uh, at 31 lebron at 35 and then second team was tough i did i threw ben simmons in there uh, although you know i i think of him more as a forward and especially if fultz is playing i think he'll pretty clearly be a forward um he'll be 23 at that point simmons will be and then i still stuck with paul george uh i think he'll age a little bit be- better than jimmy butler who'd be 30 by that point just due to his shooting i think he's a little bit better defensively he got some more length um some of the other candidates that i had draymond green you know i think he's already out of all nba consideration for me this year uh, i shouldn't say out of consideration but he's he's dropped off quite a bit two more years uh, for the undersized forward could be uh enough that you know especially during the regular season tough to give an all nba nod gordon hayward's another guy who could be in consideration here depending on how he comes back from the ankle and then uh, among the young guys jason tatum and, and these are all guys who aren't anywhere close they would just have to develop at a crazy rate jason tatum who would still only be 22 at that point jalen brown at, at 23 brandon ingram at 22 and then uh larry marketing and jabari parker who will be 22 and 24 those are the guys is there anyone else i missed it in among the young forwards who you think would we should even mention here it's a pretty big stride to get to get in there i thought for a, a little bit of time about aaron gordon i just don't see yeah. it there for him the the two-way game that we hoped would be a part of aaron gordon's profile it's possible but i don't yeah. think it's likely enough to be there and so yeah I, I think that's about the whole list yeah and as much as i love the potential of og Ananobi. he would have to reach offensively a, a, a level that is far far beyond what he has done so far so yeah i would say that's a pretty good list i ended up i didn't i realized now that i didn't mention this my last forward spot ended up going to ben simmons the offensive workload that he handles and i think he's been good defensively this year i also picked the sixers to be number two in my you know top two list for the eastern conference so he would get a lot of that shine as well so i picked him but i just think he'll be really good because he's already quite good the guards was was, uh, as usual uh, pretty difficult um i had uh, so oh who did we have last year by the way should we talk about that pretty similar list right i think i, I for i had Kawhi and Giannis first team lebron and katie second team and then draymond and gordon hayward uh, as the third team you know not knowing that that uh was gonna be th- that he was gonna struggle with this injury uh we also thought he was gonna be on utah still and still be the number one option which oh i didn't think necessarily that he was but that seemed like the most likely outcome so uh but feel okay with those maybe Draymond should have anticipated him falling off a little bit more than we did yeah I had Duran and Kawhi as my first team you know depending on who's healthy I I just with Giannis I need to see a little bit more and he is delivered absolutely he has and I'm pretty happy I had him beat on my third team and then having Lillard on my second team was good and I have Lillard on my second team again that to to lead into the guards a little oh yeah we should also probably talk about who we had at center last year I was probably a little too high on Towns I had him first team you know thinking his defense would evolve more than it has ad second uh, i think i had you know towns viewed towns as the better prospect than ad at that time i don't any longer and then actually had Jokic on the third team uh i think the biggest reason for that was because i just didn't trust Joel Embiid's health at all um and i you know gobert i wasn't quite as high on him uh, uh, you know they haven't they didn't defend as well last year as they have this year so um and cousins i think i thought he wasn't going to age too well and uh, that turned out to be disastrously correct on him 
So let's get to the yeah. guards. Here, like with the forwards, it's aging versus development. One point I want to make at the beginning of this, which I think I actually talked about on last year's show like this, is just this weird age gap that there is in point guards right now. So there just aren't that many point guards in their mid-20s. So you, so you have like, you know, Lillard and McC- Lillard and Curry and those kind of guys that are a little bit older. Those guys are kind of in their late late 20s, early 30s at, the, at this point, and they'll be moving beyond that. And then other than Kyrie, who's 25, there's just this gap of, of years that aren't that good. So yeah. then John Wall having fallen off point, hurts that a little bit. You know, if you thought yes. maybe he'd take a and, step and, forward. And Kemba, you know, Kemba's, ha- Kemba's done better, but he's not that, I, I don't think of him as like that star. Like he could make an All-NBA team, but I wouldn't expect it. So basically the bet you're making is, will the guys that are post-prime hold on before the young guys catch up to them? Yeah, and it's difficult to know which of those young guys it will be as well both at shooting guard and at point guard so i i went with harden and Kyrie as my first team and i mean last year you know i didn't have Kyrie that high but that's in part because he was playing on a cleveland team with lebron james and now that he's on his own in boston he's had a chance to shine a little bit more i mean you know it sort of evolved over a long period of time the whole Kyrie trade request and then it became clear that Boston was on the list and blah blah but just how completely insane would it have sounded at this point last year that Kyrie Irving was on the Celtics right now that's just like would have been batshit insane to think about that and then the the ability that we at this point to know that it looks like it's working out reasonably well that he was able to adjust the system he's had a very nice year for them and there will be growing pains bringing back Gordon Hayward and whatever else they do i mean danny Ainge is always trying to trying to add more talent but i have Kyrie's second team i i still think i mean curry is a superlative offensive talent and i don't see that part of it changing as much for him so i to me you have to get knocked off that top line from curry and harden and i'm not giving either one of those and then i have lillard and Kyrie on the second line partially because those guys are both spectacular offense players and partially because i think they have the best chance to become those special offensive players that you would need to be i'm just amazed you didn't have 34 year old chris paul still like uh, on the second team uh, do, do you <laughs> i don't even have him on the third team it hurt my heart i, I know it did i know it did uh I, I have a guy i have a guy on my third team that i that i actually there's a chance that he's worse they'll be worse than chris paul but as i just i just couldn't do it i couldn't yeah, i mean at 34 you know there's how many 34 year old point guards have ever made first team on ba i mean you know steve nash especially that yeah. were as small as he yeah, is steve nash maybe has play, played played at close to that level as a 34 year old but it's it's tough to really point to that but yeah i think you know curry part of my rationale was i mean we've seen how the warriors have already taken it easy i mean can you imagine now if they're in their sixth straight year of championship contention two years from now of just how slow they're going to be taking it in the regular season like uh, they could be like the fourth seed or something by that point so uh and curry has had injury problems i think it's just it's more even about games played and just kind of taking it easy in the regular season i expect him to be a pretty big defensive liability by that point as well uh but i had lillard and curry on this yeah go ahead Oh, one small point for for Chris Paul. The argument in his favor: John Stockton, his age thirty four season, he made thir- I think he was third team All NBA that year, and he actually made an All NBA team two years later. He was third team. Yeah, the league also sucked at that point, but uh, also fair. <laughs> after a, a ton of expansion and some really bad drafts, I've talked about this before. From eighty eight to ninety one, if you go back and look at those drafts, like all the players who should have been in their prime in like nineteen ninety six, just you know were in those bad drafts and never really panned out. Uh, so yeah, I had. Li- 
Lillard and Curry on the second team, Harden and Kyrie on the third team, and then or, or on the first team, I'm sorry. And then the third team, I started to go a little bit more into the depth. I went with Donovan Mitchell, uh, who will be 23 at that point on the third team. And I also had Victor Oladipo, who I think uh, I've maybe been higher on than some people have. You know, if he can consolidate his games, uh, he'll be kind of along there. But th- there are a, a lot of candidates, whether it's the old guard uh, or the new, I think it was really hard for me to pick out who I think it's going to be. It really could be anyone, I think, there. Yeah, to go through, so the old guard, Chris Paul, 34, Russell Westbrook, who was actually my last pick, 31. I just think he's going to put up numbers. And yeah, so, yeah, but, mean, this, he, is, but have, this is who we think should make this it. This is deserving. Yeah. That's true. That's true. DeRozan at 30, I think, has a, has a reasonable chance. I mean, he's gotten so much better. Full credit to him. I mean, that's been really impressive. John Wall, 29, maybe. And then the young guard... Well, yeah, I, I won't even put actually, Wall in the maybe category. I think it's really, I mean, it could happen, I guess, but especially when you consider the yeah, injuries. You could, I, and, if you're going to put Wall in, you should, we should put Kemba in too, because those guys, I mean, at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, Kemba has, hasn't reached the level that Wall has a, at his best. Um, True. But yeah, I mean, there's some other guys still who are kind of at a lower level now, uh, like CJ McCollum, Brad Beal, Clay Thompson will, will be 29. You know, maybe those guys could take another step forward. And then there's some youngs too, a shooting guard, Andrew Wiggins, will be 24 still not buying him but you know has to has to always be on these lists uh just uh, until further notice Uh, and then Devin Booker is the other one too who could take a potentially a major leap forward uh he'll still only be 23 amazingly enough then as well and then at point guard you said Donovan Mitchell he's a little bit older than some of these guys but he's a contender for rookie of the year he's having a a great season and we can see how his game can progress and I like his defensive potential as well but should also mention Jamal Murray will be 22 Dennis Smith 22 De'Aaron Fox, 22. Markel Fultz, if he can ever get healthy. And Wright, 21. And Lonzo will be 22 as well. Yeah, and tough to say with the pure point guards, you know, those guys really just develop so much later generally. And and, I mean, we're talking about guys in Smith and Fox who are basically at the bottom of the NBA and RPM right now. Uh, Murray is one who's a little, you know, because of his shooting, I think it's possible that he could just, you know, as I've said before, I don't, I'm not certain of this. I don't I'm not predicting this but I believe that he does have some amount of Steph Curry in his game with the versatility of his jump shot and you know he, he certainly has really come on from three-point range so if he just starts you know shooting 40 percent on off the dribble threes all the time uh and could get a little bit better defensively you know I'm not as worried about him on the aging curve of having to be like you know because he doesn't have as many playmaking responsibilities maybe he can just concentrate more as a scorer uh but no I mean I, I think Mitchell was probably the one because he's so I think he's so far ahead of a lot of these guys defensively and we know that his role is going to be huge there he's going to be the guy with the the ball in his hands on what's going to project to be a pretty good team as something to keep in the back of your mind John Wall had injury problems early in his career but that 2012-13 season was his age 22 year that was one he where he played 49 games and was come back actually covered the Wizards a lot that year because I was living in DC and you saw signs of what he was going to be but he still wasn't even when he was healthy he wasn't an all-NBA type player it took another year for him to make an all-star team and then get into all that kind of stuff so it's fair to say that with some of those young guys we will see the signs but that's very different from already establishing yourself as an all-nba player yeah and maybe we're not giving westbrook and derozan enough credit particularly westbrook but i think the steps back that he's taken this year have been pretty worrisome and the reliance on athleticism also you know at, at 30 31 i mean i'm just not sure if he can play the same style and play at an all-nba level i mean i could see him being a damaging player due to his inefficiency and you know i won't say he's 
been a damaging player this year but he certainly has been you know below the league average efficiency which he hasn't been before um would you agree with me that mitchell is the best chance of these young guys are kind of breaking into this group or would you put someone else there i would have mitchell there because i can already see the outlines of what his game will be at that point and he's gotten a lot better during the course of this year so i could i could totally see that progression from him so yeah i i would say that booker is in many ways really interesting just because one of the biggest limitations for him right now is just the talent around him and the suns can't be worse from a talent perspective than they are right now so if he can just slide into maybe being the like one and a half option offensively and then they have a competent defense around him i could certainly see booker being that type of player but i still think his defense is going to suck i still think that his offense is high potency but not as consistent as i would like so i don't i think he's worth discussing and has a serious chance of it but expected value wise i'm not going to put him over mitchell at that point yeah i agree with you what about those young forwards I mean, we mentioned tatum brown ingram markinen jabari out of those five guys who do you think is most likely to be on an all nba team two years from now probably tatum just because i could see the two-way offense and defensive yeah. role because he's more comfortable with the ball in well, his hands and, than a lot of those guys and, can and, and when he gets <laughs> traded for anthony davis he's going to be able to take as many shots as he wants no I, I uh yeah i mean that's the tough thing for him for both him and braun is just are they really going to get enough of the ball in their hands with presumably Kyrie and hayward still on, on that team and maybe a trade made for another star i i would say just because of that reason that ingram who although i i'm not as high on him as long term as some of these other guys just you know the lakers have been throwing him the ball a ton um yeah but the, the lakers if the argument is that they're going to be good they're going to be getting somebody over him in the offensive pecking that's a order. good point um yeah maybe they just don't you know maybe that's a, that's part of it and then you know markinen to me has the clearest path of any of these guys because he's already able to get all these shots off right i mean he could just become this unbelievable shooter like the ball just has to go in a little bit more for him and if they feature him and get some more talent around him uh all of a sudden you know he could really blow up i think uh you know it would take he would have to be a unique historical player you know i'm not saying he's going to be dirk Nowitzki. no one ever has been maybe no one ever will be uh but maybe he he's the guy who and especially that's going to be a team that is so starved for offense that if he does blow up he's going to get all he can eat there um but yeah that, that's a tough call to say who you is but i, I think of all those players i probably like tatum the most as a prospect uh but you know this isn't oh yeah. oh I'll, not on the young guy thing but one player that i think we should mention for all nba consideration that we didn't talk about is kevin love that'll be his age 31 season i i just think he's so talented offensively there's absolutely a chance that he is at that level i mean we don't know it but i just wanted to mention him as one of these yeah I felt I, like it was incomplete. i guess so I, I i don't think so i mean i think he I, I think it's more likely than not he ends up actually opting into that last year of his contract that you know whatever it is 24 million or something uh in this year that we're talking about let's see what is he at that year yeah 25.6 million that year i think he probably will opt in and i mean him at 31 especially when you consider where his defense is going to be at at that point i would be really surprised like i i mean i guess he's worth talking about because he's at that level now but barely to me um something that is worth talking about however it is our patreon patreon.com slash duncan larue danny has uh made another contribution to uh our uh subscribers 
Yeah, Danny's story time on the Stepian rule, not only the mechanics and implementation of it, but also telling the story of the history of why it exists with Ted Stepian and the misguided couple years that he had as owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's a fun thing, and it's basically an audio version of my piece, but also I like to on those as it's kind of a director's cut. I talk about a director's commentary, maybe more talk about what, what, what were my challenges writing it. And this piece in particular, that was relevant because I've written about the Stepian rule up, but deliberately avoided writing the CBA encyclopedia piece for Real GM because I just didn't have the right angle on it. And it took me until now to figure out how I wanted to do it. All right. Also, a, a reminder the Patreon helps support our Twitter NBA show, Big Game on Wednesday, Raps at Cavaliers. That'll be a, a fun one. We have not had a chance to do that many Raptors games. So excited about doing that. And uh, that's our, if you haven't listened to that yet, you follow me on Periscope uh, at Nate Duncan NBA, or you can get an alert whenever you go live. There's a little bell next to my name on Twitter. You can click that when we go to live video. And we only do that when we're actually doing a show. Uh, so that alert hopefully won't spam you too badly. And the Twitter NBA show is basically an alternate play-by-play. I, I do the play-by-play. Danny gets the caller, and then we take a ton of questions. It's a great way if you want to complain about something uh, that we said on the podcast, or you want to ask whatever questions you want about any part of the NBA nba it's a great way to get in touch with us get our responses in real time we really enjoy the community uh that's been building uh, on those shows i think people even interact with each other in the comments which is pretty fun uh and every once in a while you'll see like some spam bots for like internet porn but generally i try to block them pretty quickly uh that'll do it for today and we'll be back probably gonna do a gamer tomorrow got some interesting ones uh thunder celtics hopefully Kyrie will be back for that one rockets blazers that'll be an awesome game uh looking forward to watching that one and we'll have that for you uh with analysis uh, on dunked on tomorrow night talk to y'all then this is one of the best times of year for sports fans ncaa march madness so many games you never know what's going to happen but you better be ready for whatever the next round brings if your fridge is empty by halftime your friends are going to leave so you better swing by walmart before every round stock up on coca-cola coke zero sugar and powerade party zero being my personal favorite of those before the next game tips off ncaa march madness isn't just one game it's a whole tournament make sure you're ready refresh every Ron by heading to Walmart to pick up Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.